Hello and welcome to Autistic Tidbits and Tangents. Once again, I am Maya Todale. I'm an autistic psychologist from Denmark. And, and I'm Kara my- Diamond. And I'm an autistic teacher. I'm so excited because today's episode, I just took over. Maya usually does this. Um, but we are talking about holidays. And as you can see, I actually have an extensive Christmas sweater collection, ugly Christmas sweater collection. So I decided to wear one and some earrings for this episode. If you're one of our viewers. And if you're one of our listeners, I do hope that the mood of today comes across. Um, I think we're both very fond of the holidays. Um, and (laughs) that should be coming through, but of course, because we're here to talk about autism and holidays, We will also be getting into some of the difficulties that can arise and what kind of strategies we use today to make it a little bit easier for ourselves. So let's roll. Welcome to Autistic Tidbits and Tangents. Candid conversations between autistic off-hour professionals. (laughs) Cool. Trigger warnings for this episode. Um, We're not really sure, but because we both grew up in traditionally Christian cultures, um, this episode is kind of Christmas normative and... If anyone doesn't relate to that, of course, we um, we hope that you can still get through it and get some good tips for all their holidays. We do try to generalize to some extent. We hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, so Kara. Yes. <laughs> obviously today, uh, the holidays are fantastic for both of us and we love them and they are something that we look forward to for at least some of the year. I just put on the sweater and got excited and yeah. we're a couple couple months out still. Yeah. I mean the the holiday um decorations aren't up in the stores yet. Mm-hmm. Um I I'm one of those people where if they if they put up the decorations a little bit too early, I'm like, come on, guys. Um, I, I kind of feel like we have to get past Halloween, even though in Denmark, we're not really supposed to celebrate Halloween. <laughs> I would say get past American Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, I, I think like a month is good. A month, when, maybe. Well, yeah. I mean, for me, I feel like December 1st, let's go. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then it just goes until New Year's. Mm-hmm. And then it's, it's New exhausting. Year's. It's exhausting. <laughs> yeah. But I also, um, so my my a biological family i i don't have a lot of contact there um i'm mostly in touch with just my parents and so christmas was never a really big thing because it was just us um but for 16 years now i i've been in a relationship with the man who's my my husband now obviously we didn't get married 16 years ago because <laughs> he was 16 then <laughs> um but um, they have a Christmas farm, a Christmas tree Ooh. farm. And so Christmas in this family is huge and is associated with a lot of work. 
So what you're saying is I have to come and visit you over the holidays. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Come by. We have, um, so for uh, starting in kind of mid-November, we start selling Christmas trees and stuff. And there's also um, a a Christmas, um, Christmas, we call it a a Christmas living room. It isn't, it's, it's a barn. Um, But it's, um, it's a it's a Christmas kind of room with decorations and uh, all the all the glittery stuff and, yeah. and we hand make decorations there and and sell as well and there's um, there's traditional Danish Christmas drinks and um, desserts and stuff that we sell as well so it's it's very it's very jolly it's also a lot of lot of hard work you're pretty much you're pretty much outside. Um, from like 9am until 4, 5, 6pm in the cold. (laughs) So cold, I wouldn't like, and like all the interactions, I'd like some of the interactions, but I, I, I definitely would time out at a certain point. (laughs) You know, I find in the beginning, I definitely did. Um, Mm -hmm. it's gotten easier over time. And also for some reason, I really love the part where we come back home and we light a fire in the wood burner. Mm-hmm. Um, we we use the 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 leftover trees from the farm because we're always planting new trees anyway. So whatever um, whatever like gets too big to get sold or um, you know any leftover, we we use that for for firewood. Yeah, and then plant new trees. So it's um, kind of climate friendly in that way, even though it's. Not great, but honestly, during this year with the with the war and the gas prices that are there's yes. kind of a gas crisis in Europe, and um, this family is definitely relying on that farm right now. To I bet, um, yeah, to to not have to sell our houses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that that was a weird tangent. Sorry. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, damper on the holidays. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> It's all no, it's, here. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Yeah, We're great. Yeah. Um, okay. So holidays as a child, Kara, mm-hmm. what was it like for you being an autistic child? Undiagnosed, obviously, because both of us were diagnosed late. You were diagnosed just recently. And I was mm-hmm. diagnosed when I was 16. Um, what was it like for you? Uh, you know, my brother was diagnosed autistic. So I do mm-hmm. think my family had a pretty good way um, of structuring things. Now that said, we have mm-hmm. a lot of family events. Um, and I lo- okay, I am tied to my traditions. The things that we did, I like to always do them. And I, I have struggled when things have had to change or, you know, mom's mm-hmm. no longer going to make that or they've downsized the house. So now we don't have the traditional ornaments or, you know, things like that. I do find difficult to let go of. Um, so, but that's now as an adult. So as a child, um, you know, my my parents like were pretty good about like we had the parameters around, okay, you can't wake up. If you wake up early, you have to stay in your rooms or like stay be quiet. But this is the time we are all getting up to open presents. So actually it was very clear, it was structured. Right. Um, and there was 
like there were breaks between things. So it's like you had your Christmas morning, you had your Christmas Eve, something that we did. Mm -hmm. Um, You had your Christmas morning. Then we had the afternoon to kind of do our own thing and restore before going to a larger party with a larger side of the family. Um, So I think the downtime definitely helped. I was always very excited about the events at home the most. I think because when you're at home, like if you need a break, you can, you can go downstairs or you can go to your bedroom or like, I think I was just naturally doing those things. And right. it is a bit harder when you go to somebody else's house um, or, and, and there's more people and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to yeah. talk to all of them. And then I always struggled. Okay. This was interesting. I always struggled when family members were like, was Santa good to you? Cause I'm like, yeah. do, they, do they think that I believe in Santa? What should I say? I don't want to disappoint them. Like oh. I, I, w- I would have trouble with that question, <laughs> you know, I, like, yeah. So there were things like that where every year I'd be like, what am I going to do? I have anxiety about this, but I love, I love food. I love Christmas, Christmas meals, not, Mm -hmm. not like Turkey and stuff. I'm more excited about, um, you know, the sides, the desserts, things like that. So I think one of the Mm -hmm. things I always look forward to is the initial seeing people. And then I like to sort of go to a quieter spot. Um, and I love the food, um, and yeah. and some of the things that my family did as tr- like traditionally I enjoyed. Um right. I I go shopping with my dad and my my younger brother every year for my mom mm-hmm. and and that's a tradition. I've actually missed the last couple of years because of the the pandemic. Um Right. Yeah. What about you? Um, I'll be honest, Christmas for me as a child was boring. Interesting. Um, because it was mostly just me and my mom and my dad, um, and then my parents got separated. So very often, like for, for some years, uh, you know, it was, it was a small event Uh and not necessarily very exciting. Uh And then when there were bigger family events, which happens sometimes, um, in Denmark, we have, we have different traditions. So for us, the 23rd is little Christmas Eve. Um, and then we have Christmas Eve, which is both dinner and opening presents. And then usually the 25th and 26th, um, is like, is much more optional. Some people yeah. still do have Christmas lunches or, or things on those yeah. days and other people don't. The, some people don't do anything on the 23rd. It's it's kind of very different, but everything mm-hmm. in Denmark is very centered around the 24th, the eve of the 24th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and whenever we did have a larger family event, it would either be before the 24th or after Mm-hmm. And if it was before, it would be like weird for me because it's like it's but it's not Christmas yet. <laughs> that we and do then, that in my family now. We do a, a big dinner a week before the Sunday before oh Christmas. My gosh. Yeah, that's, it's, it's not weird. Christmas yet, guys. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then if it was after, it was like, well, now Christmas is is supposed to be over, but I don't understand what we're doing here. And now there's so much noise because strangely even though even though I pretty much only have contact with my parents um 
both have quite a large family. So, so I actually have a really, really big family. And so it's very difficult to do anything without having a lot of people. Um, And so it would, it would be like either so small that it was kind of just an evening or it would be so overwhelming that I would be like, Oh, when can I go away and hide? Um, so, so as a child, I don't think, I think the biggest challenge for me, and this, this goes kind of far up, like even as a teenager, one of my really big challenges was whenever I got a present that just wasn't for me, you know, (laughs) I practice this with my students. We practice our reactions. It's really fun. (laughs) I, you know, it's the thing is for me, it's not that I'm not grateful that this person got me something. Yeah. I'm grateful for the intent, mm-hmm. but and I, I don't know if you've done this um, and I don't know if this is a girl thing, mm-hmm. but I have certain family members that have had uh, a thing with buying clothes for me. <laughs> and the thing is, they don't know me. Yes. And so they would buy me like girly frilly stuff yeah. with flowers on it with a lot of colors <laughs> and a lot of this and a lot of that. And I'm like, I've always wanted black. Yeah. Give me black. <laughs> and you'll be don't, good. Don't do all the color things. Like yeah. we just talked about when, when you came in here, um, before we started recording, you have your Christmas sweater and the colorful earrings and all that. And like, I have a Christmas hat. It's black and white. <laughs> I made it myself because I did not want a red Christmas hat because it's color and color is overwhelming for me. <laughs> so I have a black Christmas hat. <laughs> and I hate wearing and, black. So there we go. <laughs> and, you know, I don't, I'm great with color on my nails, but not so much. And and obviously my hair is for for the viewers it's it's kind of pink purplish now um but but other than that i i'm really not great with color i really would prefer to not <laughs> and so getting all these presents um that were great presents but weren't great for me yeah yeah was like okay how am i going to say thank you yes. for the intention but also this is not um, your thing. Yeah, people could always tell growing up, like people could always tell if I didn't like it, it, despite my best intentions Mm -hmm. and trying to hide it. You know, like I think I just do something with my face and they know. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, can can I tell a really silly story? Please do. (laughs) Okay, so this isn't a story about me, actually. It's a story about my husband. Excellent. <laughs> he will be so embarrassed that I've told this story. Um, no, but it's really cute though. Okay. So in his family, they make a big deal out of teaching children to say thank you, even if they don't understand the present or even if they don't very much enjoy it. Like you still say thank you. You don't have to pretend that it's the best thing ever. Yeah, you, you don't, don't have to gush. <laughs> you don't have to fake it like in that sense, but it's like, just, just saying thank you because someone bought you something. Yeah. And I then, appreciate the thought kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. And then afterwards we can talk about 
do we, does it need to be changed to something else? Right. Yes. Yes. And, um, obviously right now we have, we have a niece and nephew who are teenagers and they've been taught this all their lives. I've known them since they were born. It's so (laughs) cute. Um, but my husband was also taught this when he was very young. Um, and his name begin, begins with an M, just like mine. Um, but so does his aunt's. Okay. And before he was able to read, back when he was like two, he was able to just recognize the M. Yeah. On the to and from card. <laughs> and oh, he, no. got, he got himself a present from the pile and he opened it, not knowing that it was for his aunt. and he opens it and he holds up this pair of like big old lacy granny panties (laughs) and he goes oh my gosh thank you so much what's it for (laughs) oh I love him and it's like you know knowing how to do that Knowing yeah. how to be grateful for something, even if you don't understand what it's for. Or like, yeah. um, it's so difficult when when you don't know how to, like, we had an episode about masking, right? And if, if you don't know how to mask your initial reaction quickly enough. People will um, see, yeah. And if you don't know how to, how to express so that, non-autistic people understand it genuine gratitude yeah yeah um because usually it's still there is still some gratitude in there um obviously when you're a teenager and and i (laughs) no one's grateful we understand we've all been through it we've all been teenagers and we've all been through that period in life where it's like i hate it why yeah (laughs) Um, or when it's like i mean obviously we're lucky to get gifts at all but uh you know if it's if you're opening the last gift and you really wanted one thing, yeah, and and, it, and it's if not that there. is not in the, that box or in that bag, you know, and it's not been in any of the others either. And it, so even if it's a good gift, you're like the dis- disappointment of not having the one thing mm-hmm. you really were hoping for. Yeah, can yeah. overwhelm the positive. And it can come of, through. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I do think that there's um, I like I really don't want to advocate for for ABA like things for like teaching kids to to behave inauthentically to themselves. I really don't. But at the same time, I also do see the value in teaching kids to say thank you mm-hmm. and um, like to to express some level of gratitude. Yeah. Just for the intention. Yeah. Even if you don't like the thing that came out of it. To understand the thought process of the person who got you the gift. And yeah, like just how to avoid an awkward situation getting worse. That's sort of how I see it. It's like, how do we take the situation and get out of it comfortably? Yeah. (laughs) But obviously, I mean, there, there are kids, there are autistic kids for whom this is very difficult. It is. It is. And, and so what do we do with that? Like how do we how do we avoid um the holidays becoming really bad for that child who cannot mask or fake yeah. 
gratitude if they get something they really don't like or if they don't get their favorite um, or if they don't get the present they really, really wanted. They can't mask their, their disappointment. How do we help that child and the parents of that child avoid that situation? I mean, I, I, I think I think the ability to, to mask also increases the better rested we are. And like, so first like mm-hmm. building in breaks yeah. makes the, like makes our emotional capacity um, mm. greater, right? Where mm. we're, we're like, we're less likely to be stressed and anxious. So it might be easier to, you know, feel that gratitude, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. make sure you have breaks. If there's something like, if as a parent, you know, your child really wanted, I don't know, one particular thing and you know that they're not getting it, mm-hmm. even though, you know, it was too expensive or, you know, like, I think preparation actually helps. I think yeah. saying, you know, like prepare them, they might not get that thing. Yeah. Uh, um, it's just like gently let them know and maybe tell them the reason why if yeah. you're able to. Um, and like, I think... I mean, hopefully immediate family members get gifts that are, you know, that they're mm-hmm. more more attuned to the child, can't always control, like if there's external people or people who don't know the child as well. So those ones, you could even have a contingency plan where like your child opens it later, <laughs> you know, it doesn't, ha- does it have yeah. to be in front of the person? Why? I think we have yeah, to rethink I, I things. Think, I think there's also um, something to be said for, and, and we have done this in, in our family sometimes because- my my in-law family is is um it's not a huge family but we do get together 10 12 people every christmas yeah Yeah. um which is a a substantial crowd and sometimes it does take a long time to open the presents yeah um and what we've done is some years just said okay you know what there are so many presents for these kids they won't be able to cognitively understand the amount of presence. It's mm-hmm. overwhelming. There's too much. And I mean, these are, these are not children with diagnoses. These are, yeah, you know, just, they're just kids, you know, but there is, you know, if you're, if you're, four years old or even nine years old and you're getting 30 presents you don't need to get them all in one day well and I I think I think we do have to teach the hidden curriculum too like uh, you know not every kid gets 30 presents so if you are a kid who got 30 presents don't go back to school and say you got 30 presents like we we have to teach uh like a whole bunch of rules and and just like what what is polite what um And and why will it maybe make other kids feel bad if you go to school and you say, oh, I got this and this and this and this and the go all the way down the list, right? Yeah. It's, it's also like maybe there are kids at your school whose parents are not very rich and who can't afford, or maybe they don't have a big family who gets them a lot of presents. Yeah, yeah we didn't have a big family. It was um, just like our immediate family, so yeah. my parents. Yeah. And maybe one thing from the grandparents, grandparents. Yeah. That was- yeah and I mean I I know that the kids in my family are very privileged in that sense that they they tend to get a lot of presents but it's also um there are a lot of people giving them even people who aren't present yeah um but then if your child is getting that many presents 
space them out over a couple of days. It's a good idea. Or even over a much longer period of time if it's too much. Because, you know, I I remember one year very recently where um, my my husband's cousin's young child, um, like two years old, was getting a lot of toys um, and a lot of toys in the kind of the same line of toys. Mm-hmm. It was think of it like if it was a doll, it was it was the doll, and then a lot of accessories for that doll. Yes, yes, yes. Um, kind of that that sort of thing. And you know, the the mother was like, "This is going to be too much. Like she she's going to get too excited. She's not going to be able to sleep. It's going to be." It's going to be just yeah. too much. We're going to put the presents aside because she's happy enough with what she's already gotten. Mm-hmm. Just let it, let it be, you know, and then and giving those presents over, over a longer period of time. Yeah. Considering sensory overload for sure. But not just sensory overload, also just the overload of like the the cognitive experience uh-huh, of like uh-huh. joy upon joy upon joy, joy. Upon joy. <laughs> and then it, it becomes it becomes a level of energy where you can all you can almost like um crack over into a meltdown yeah yes very easily even like, though it's enjoyable yeah. like it but, it, yeah, but it's, it, it's overstimulating yeah. yeah but it's it's almost like the 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 dopamine of of getting things yeah it's almost like the dopamine kind of gets over um it flips over into adrenaline Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then the energy becomes too much Mm -hmm. and then it you don't become angry but adrenaline can also be like just too much energy yeah and then it affects everything else right Yes, definitely. And that's, um, I think that can be an issue for, for all children, really, not just yeah. autistic children. Um, what about like the, the sensory aspect of holidays? Because <sighs> there are so many, so many so things, many. right? The uh, volume is the one that, that tends to bother me the most. I, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm good with smells. I'm good with food. Like I, I'm very sensory seeking in, in, in those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but like just the amount of busyness and mm-hmm. the amount of noise, I, yeah. it was really funny this past holiday at a certain point, I like looked around. And I was like, I'm in the basement with the other like four neurodivergent people in my family. Like We were just like, and not really yeah. talking. We were just sitting on couches and like watching something. Didn't even matter what was on the screen. We were barely watching. It's just like, we are just restoring by being like in yeah. a room in the dark, kind of quiet. <laughs> yeah. I think for, for me, it's like, there's, there's the acute sensory overload that can happen. Um, like, during um a holiday party but there's also the longer term like say for christmas right very often there will be additional lights additional sounds not for that one day but for a full month or maybe longer yeah um or like 
Oh, don't get me started on malls. Like, oh my gosh, I never want to go to a mall at Christmas. The radio changes. Like all of a sudden it's all Christmas music and Christmas music has bells and like a lot sharper noises. Mm -hmm. And I think that can affect people as well. And so that long-term sensory overload, people are busier, people are more stressed. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you're out in public, there's oddly people are more aggressive yeah. like, that's terrible they're yeah. yeah they're in a hurry they, they've yeah. got so much to do oh no did we yeah. buy a present for this person oh no this store didn't have the thing that we were looking for nah, 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 nah. yeah it's it's, wow. it's about it's about all the things it shouldn't be about but like yeah yes. the stress the waiting for yeah. santa if you if you're someone who goes to a yeah. mall and does those things and waiting and, in line and, and even if you aren't stressing out or even if like the child or the adult autistic person, even if we are not the ones stressing out, we're still surrounded by all those energies. <laughs> yes. Like yeah, and we pick up on it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like it, it's contagious kind of yeah. Yeah. The irritability like it, that comes with that is yeah. is uh pretty and pretty so intense. Even if you haven't noticed the buildup of stress over November, December. Yeah all of a sudden you reach Christmas or even the halfway point or whatever. And it's like, I can't anymore. Oh, exactly. And crash. And I, I exist solely with like lists. If I didn't have lists and it's like, it's like, go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't really enjoy it as much. And mm-hmm. you do become irritable, you know, Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, we have to do this. So are you like, what are you wearing? No, no, no. Like all yeah. of this stuff. Um, <laughs> It is really difficult. And one thing I found difficult as an adult was compromising on mm-hmm. Christmas traditions with a partner. Ooh. You know what I mean? Because I mm-hmm. like my family has specific dates and times we do things. And yeah. I love those things for the most mm-hmm. part. Like I love those things and I don't want to give any of them up. And so the, yeah. that's a whole other like whole other kettle of fish. Absolutely. I think for for me. Uh, it's, it's more so having gone from almost no Christmas to big, well, now we have three or four days Yeah, because we will usually spend, uh, the 23rd with my mother, um, unless we are hosting because then we'll invite her for, for the 24th. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my dad lives in the U S so I never really see him, but I do have, I do have a phone call yeah. with him on that day. Um, then the 24th is like big family thing. Then yeah. usually we'll do nothing for the 25th. And then the 26th is like, <laughs> it's like a Christmas lunch. We do <laughs> another like, dinner. Yeah. It usually just ends up being from like noon till eight yeah. in the evening. Yeah. <laughs> you just come home and you're dead. And then it's like, okay, now I have like almost no time off. And then it's yeah. New Year's. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. No. Back to work. We have at least, I think it's, I think it's at least five, five family functions that oh all gosh. also have like a food component, right? Like, um, and, and so it's like, and I, uh, I'm tired. I'm drained by the end. Like this year, like I, I, I had a meltdown. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I totally cried at Christmas because <laughs> I was That's overwhelmed. Exhausting. 
And I just was like, oh my gosh, how many times have I just been like internally screaming, even though I love the events, I love the people, I mm. love the food. Yeah. But it's just like, it's a lot. And okay, so mm-hmm. you mentioned that you have like, um, like a, a basement type quiet room. It depends, it depends who is hosting. Right. Um, but one of our Christmas, one of our many Christmas meals last year was at my brother's place. So he has a basement. Mm-hmm. Um, and just at one point I was down there with like my brother who's autistic mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, some of my, uh, my, my siblings, children yeah. and, and, and like, we were all like, <sighs> so you do have somewhere to withdraw to. Yes. And I think that's really important. That's something I always mm-hmm. tell families, like a yeah. have, have like a break plan. What can your, your, if your if their child's autistic, like where mm-hmm. can they go? What can they do? What are the parameters around that? Do they have to Absolutely. let you know? Can they bring a device? Like what, what do you mm-hmm. expect? And like have an exit plan too, right? Like yeah. it, it benefits me tremendously to know when an event will be over or at what point is acceptable to leave. And I think yeah. that's the thing, like when preparing, like you kind of talked about, like we shouldn't be like training, we shouldn't be doing like that kind of no, thing. No, no, no. But no. I think preparing is fair. Like, and I think we need to tell, especially children who are still learning in general, how to interact mm-hmm. in the world. This is what happens at this event. This is what yeah. to expect. This is what is generally expected of us. Yeah. Uh, you know, like and that helps. And, and this sort of time frame is when we expect to be leaving. Yeah. If but if you need changes, a break, here's what you can do. And yeah. yeah and, and if that changes, if for some reason it gets later, um, here's what you can do to yeah. either take some time off to relax or to let us know that you really need to go home and then we will listen and we will pack up but if we forget time here are your strategies yeah Um, and we will always give you you know we'll give you a time time warning mm -hmm. we'll let you know like we're not just going to rush you at the door I think parents also need to understand that like transitions are tough they're tough and absolutely tough and we don't want to do the long goodbye I still hate doing if I could just like back out of a party I will do that like that just just but go, you know what bye I'm self-conscious about my wave like it's like kind of creepy like I don't know how to wave <laughs> I've like tried and it just looks like very robotic like and I do like I just just like this weird it's like I'm unscrewing a light bulb like <laughs> I I just I just do flat hands and then that's good Middle then I do like that. a quick ah. <laughs> <laughs> a quick little shake I'll, I'll work I'll work on this for all the Christmas parties okay um yeah (laughs) sorry I got us off on a tangent Uh, but it's all of these little strategies for how do you do this how do you express this how do you like all of those things all of those tiny like micro strategies to get through holiday parties are so important because everything adds up Mm -hmm. and I think there is a way for holidays to be very enjoyable I love them obviously but it involves having those strategies and it, and it also involves the people around us um, accommodating our needs. Yes. You know, and like if, if you are going somewhere and there isn't a quiet room, that's a huge stressor. Like, okay. I, when, when I kind of joined this family um, and, and I will say that even though I've only been married for four years, it's, it's been a much longer time that I've been a part Together, of the family. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Um, 
And in the beginning, it was very difficult for them to understand some of my support needs. Um, And it was much more difficult. And I had many more meltdowns going to Christmas events when I was somewhere that I couldn't withdraw. And honestly, it's become so much easier. Like, I would say half to probably 70% of the stress is gone just by me knowing that there is a quiet room. Yes. I, and, and you know what, this Sometimes isn't even I just to need to use it. Just knowing that it's an option reduces stress because exactly. yeah. you know, you have the outlet. And yeah. I think this is true of, well, every holiday, but like every social event mm. in general, like I, if it's someplace mm-hmm. new that I've never been, you better believe I'm Googling pictures. I'm trying to figure out what to expect. I'm trying to figure out like parking is something that I'm so scared of, like not being able to find parking or not being able to park in the spots that are available. Like Absolutely. I, I have mm. to be prepared. So the second all time, the, all I go, the planning aspects really. The second time I go somewhere is always much more comfortable than the first time, but I I do everything I can to mitigate. And for kids, like we have Mm -hmm. to do that as well. This is what you can Mm -hmm. expect. Do you want to do a drive by of the place or, you know, like, why not? Why see if you can do (laughs) it? Yeah, actually, that's another thing. Like if you, if you're a small business owner um, and you have something to do with Christmas, having a map of your store or your area, um, explaining where things are, mm-hmm. um, having pictures of where things are and explaining this is kind of the process mm-hmm. is such a huge help to autistic people. Yeah. And it's really small things like that. Like you can, obviously at, at the Christmas farm, like so many people come through there in a day that no, we can't promise that everyone will be quiet. We can't yeah. promise that we can <laughs> mitigate certain sensory things, mm-hmm. but we can most certainly have a steady process of this is how you park. This is what you do when you find a tree. This is, you know. Yeah, yeah. Explain all the things. Ex- yeah. Explain all the things. And it's the same way with like a store or a mall or whatever. And with a family holiday, like if you're, if you're going somewhere, if you're visiting someone, or if you're having people over explaining the steps and being very like concrete about they are coming on this day, or we are going on this day, we expect to be leaving, arriving then and there. Um, This is the room that our guests are going to stay in or that we are going to stay in at theirs. These are the rules that are going yeah. to change. <laughs> like all of those informations about the changes that are going to happen. That yeah. preparation is just huge. I agree. Uh, and the visuals, yeah, the, as part oh, yeah. of it as well, like pictures, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but there's so much that I do love about Christmas. Like I said, the traditions, because I know what to expect every year. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, there's certain like sensory things that I only associate with Christmas, mm-hmm. um, like small, um, what are they called? Like the little oranges, um, tangerines, mandarins, tangerines. I forget what they're called. Yeah. But that I have them only at Chris Clementines. I think they are Clementines. Yeah. Um 
and the smell of them is like instantly like Christmas. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I will only eat them at that time. Even when I see them in the stores at other times, it doesn't make yeah. sense to me. So yeah. it's a Christmas thing. <laughs> right. So it's compartmentalized. But there, um, and there are so many. Uh, I don't know if this is everywhere, but in, in Denmark, there are so many cinnamon tasting things. Cinnamon's a big one. Yeah. Cinnamon and like the smell of like pine obviously yeah. would be one Christmas trees. And I yeah. love... I love like the structure of, and this is every holiday. So not just Christmas, but every holiday. I love the structured part of like, I usually make the desserts. So I'll, or at least one dessert. So I'll make like the pumpkin pie at Thanksgiving. And I I love feeding people. So I find that really fun, you know? Um, It's something I really look forward to. It's like, what am I bringing? What am I serving? Like, what will people think of it? Mm. Yeah. I find with, um, oh, here's one for adults. When you first start hosting Christmas, Uh planning, planning, planning. Um, I found the first time we were hosting Christmas after we bought this house. um, Like, I didn't know how to cook the things that need to be cooked. (laughs) I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And like knowing how long does this need? Yeah. Yeah. How long does this need? Yeah. When do you start what? And what does it look like when it's done? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I I knew that part because I've been eating it. Oh, that's true. Fair enough. But um, what I did was I I sat down with with my my mother-in-law and with um, my my aunt-in-law, I guess it's called. Um, I sat down with them and it was like, okay, what do you do for Christmas? When do you do it? How long do things take? And, and I Googled everything that I couldn't like plan down. And I was like, okay, how do I get a timeline for what, what can I cook when? Yes. Um, and then asking for help. Because it was like, this is too much. I don't know if I can do this by myself, even with my husband's help. Like, it's going to be too much. It's just going to be too much. Like, Mm -hmm. help, 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 help. And then, and this is the big thing that I find, is that a lot of people, if you ask them for help, they will come running, but then they'll start doing everything. Yeah. And then you don't, like, you don't have any control anymore. And so a big thing for me was, and luckily I've learned this over time, so I I knew that I had to do it, but just talking to them and being like, okay, I need your help with this. Yes. Specific. This is, this is the thing that I need. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then, um, of course, them being willing to do that was, was a huge thing. So really just the, the, the planning having the lists as you were mm-hmm. saying yes. having your lists straight what do you need to get done when? yeah 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 well in my family again so I'm one of uh four siblings mm-hmm. so um I mean my parents host a couple of the events uh but we we usually all bring something to each of the events and then when it's hosted by one of us mm-hmm. um like we divide who's bringing what. And my older brother is like a chef. So he Ooh. usually does the main, he's like an amazing home cook. So he usually wow. does the main. And then my elder sister and I will um, divide 
the sides and the desserts. And, and so that's, that's pretty predictable no matter who hosts, which is good. So it doesn't feel like too much. We each do the part that we like to do. Um, and one strategy, I mean, I can't do this, but one day maybe my, so a strategy my mother uses now, she used to make like, do all the things and make amazing meals and she can't like, it's overwhelming now. She, yeah. she will have like our, our small family Christmas well, pre-Christmas dinner, dinner, uh, she will have it catered basically. Like the main part will, will be catered. So if I could ever afford to do that, I would just to relieve some of the stress, you know, you're getting a great Mm -hmm. meal. Not everyone can do that, but it's like a good way of outsourcing if you can. Yeah. I mean, we have in Denmark, we have several different dishes that you can do as the main course for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, um, there's a pork dish, there's duck, Ooh, and I love duck. goose. Oh, I've never had goose. We don't do goose, but we do duck and we do the 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 pork. It's like um it's like a pork belly, but it has the um, has the skin attached, which mm-hmm. it gets salted. Crispy and, and mm. yeah. Um, and of course, each of those requires a different sauce. <laughs> And it all gets a little bit much. And then we yeah. have we have a normal white potatoes and then we have caramelized potatoes and then chips. And then like a bunch of other sides. And it it's a lot. And so when we're hosting, we'll usually do the pork by ourselves, but then we'll order the duck from from a local butcher. Yeah. They do like like they will, they will cook it and they will make the sauce and yeah. you'll get that along with it. And yeah. then you kind of just have to heat it up. Yeah. You have to like heat it up and like just cook it the rest of the way. Cause they, mm-hmm. they slightly undercook it. So it doesn't get dry when you reheat yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and that helps a lot because otherwise like there isn't room in the oven for everything. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's definitely some some organizational aspects <laughs> to hosting. Yes, there are. And cleaning. Oh my gosh. Uh, the cleanup. I, I hate. <laughs> See, this is where, this is where it really helps to make it like a family thing. Yeah. Like yeah. Everybody everyone helps, pitches in. Yeah. Everyone pitches in with like bringing the stuff to the kitchen. Two or three people are helping each other out with like getting, um, getting leftovers either packed down or thrown out depending on what it is and how much and all that and putting things in the dishwasher or washing by hand Mm -hmm. and drying and putting away and all of those things. Right. And it just, it makes it manageable. And the other things like my mother is the most organized person I know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so she, always had like before we started unwrapping presents um she would show us this is the bag that the paper goes in this is the box to put the bows in and the tags Mm -hmm. like so we it was never that messy for that kind of thing because it was Mm -hmm. very structured and we all knew what was expected Mm -hmm. yeah that makes a good hack very good hack yeah no i think that's great i mean we have tell me what you think of this because i i think families are very different when it comes to this um in in our family when we get to unwrapping presents 
um, usually we will get one present at a time and then everyone is kind of watching that person unwrap and and then another present and then another, and then, but it's one at a time. Mm, mm-hmm. And it makes it take a really long time to open the presents, yeah. but I also feel like it brings down the energy um, to a point where it's manageable. Like it, it doesn't get wild and unregulated and crazy. Ours is a little mm-hmm. bit different in my household. So, um, so generally there'll be a couple of people opening at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I might get up and get a few gifts and give them to, okay, my brother doesn't have a gift. Let's pile that there. This, you know, mm-hmm. this for the, this person, that person. And sometimes yeah. you'll have like a little pile and, and, you know, you have to open the pile that's beside you. Um, right. But so yeah, multiple people are sometimes opening at the same time, which I actually like because it takes the pressure off the reaction. Yeah. You, you, you're not necessarily being watched. Mm-hmm. And so you have a moment to be like, who gave this to me again? Okay, thank you so much. Or what's my favorite color or whatever it is. Like you have a moment yeah. to think. You have and a then, to... but you can also stop and just watch other people. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's a really good compromise because I've always... I've also heard from a a couple of friends of mine that in their families, everyone just kind of attacks the tree all at once and opens (laughs) present. Oh, no, no, no. no. And and it's like it's like a a, a hurricane of of (laughs) unwrapping presents and like chaos and mess. Like Walmart on Black Friday. (laughs) They love it like that. Yeah. But I feel like if it was me, that would be too much energy, too much chaos. It yeah. it would it would it would flip over into adrenaline for me. Yeah. If it was I told you, like, like yeah, my family has always been very structured about things. So mm-hmm. I think that's why I've enjoyed the holidays as much as yeah. I have. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's something for people to consider. Like if if you are having a problem with the unwrapping of presents becoming adrenaline tinged and meltdowny and like either explosions of of anger or sadness or just joy becoming kind of too much and turning into something mm-hmm. not we don't want to bring down joy but we want to keep it at a level where the child can can handle it right any big emotion can can lead to a meltdown even yeah. good ones you know yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and so if you're having a problem with that or if it's if it's becoming a challenge to to manage consider how presents are being opened and what is it that that makes that situation yeah um and even like turn off the music, see what happens. Are people calmer yeah. with like one yeah. sensory channel being reduced? You yeah. know, like exactly. Like, is it is it the the pace at which things are happening? Is it the amount of people that are in the room? Is it the amount of sensory information that's happening? Is it is it the rigid schedule? Like, if you have too many things back to back to back, and you mm-hmm. and you, again not knowing that you have an outlet, yeah. Or is it the speed at which the person is getting new things mm-hmm. and and that becoming overwhelming? Or is it, you know, mm-hmm. figure out kind of where where does the the, the problem occur? Yes. Trace it that. back, find a cause and yeah. like 
attack the cause, not the symptom. Right? Should, should we talk about a thing of the day? Because I think this yeah, is I a really nice yeah. segue. Yeah. <laughs> we, we jointly were Googling things and yeah. in preparation for this episode. You know, our executive uh, functioning skills mean we often leave thing of the day until like right before. Um, That's why it's thing of the day. Exactly. <laughs> and we found a, a blog. Oh, something just started playing music for me. I'm going to minimize that. Uh, we found a blog. Do you want to tell about it? Because I can't open it now because it's it's playing Christmas music. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we found a blog called um, Autism and Holidays. And it is at the site coreyathome.com. And what we're going to do is we're going to post the link in the description of the episode wherever we can. Um, and it is kind of just a list of, of tips, really, to help autistic children during the holidays. And it is so wonderfully divided into shopping, family photographs, visits with Santa and holiday traditions, holiday parties family gatherings like it's got it's structured into themes we liked it we we both we really, resonated with us we really liked it and honestly i i think i think almost every every point but also the phrasing of the points i think was was just really really good i also liked that many of the tips called for parents to kind of reflect on their own expectations. Yes. So it, it, it basically, the basic gist was adjust to what is comfortable for your child. Be mm -hmm. flexible, you know, don't expect yeah. things to be the same way always as a parent as well, you know? Yeah. Um, and just if your child is uncomfortable in these settings, either yeah. don't, don't force it or, you know, you have the exit plans, you yeah. allow for breaks, you consider like comfortable clothing. It had wonderful tips for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. And also things like using social stories and pictures to prepare the child for what's going to happen and when and how and what to expect and how to kind of follow the script if they need a script. Um, and I, I really liked the way things were phrased because it was so obvious for this blog that it was about the child's needs and not as is so often the case kind of how do we get the child to, to comply <laughs> or to just fit in with societal expectations this this I felt like was phrased in much more of a this is what you can do to make it enjoyable for your child and manageable for your child and and really like it was the child's needs that I felt was at the forefront when we were reading this. The only part um, that I, I, I'm still not sure entirely how I feel about it because mm -hmm. I, I, I see sort of it, it from both, both sides. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a part about explaining your child to your family. And sometimes neurotypical mm -hmm. family members might need that because they might be misinterpreting yeah. autistic children. And, um, but yeah. Yeah, it also is like, would I want something like that written about me? I'm not sure. Um, well, I'm, I'm not sure either, but I think the thing that you could do is to talk to your child about what do you want I like that. for family members to know. What um, do you want them to understand? Should we tell yeah. them that you need breaks and what those look like? How, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Should we, should we 
tell them about um, eye contact being uncomfortable for you? Or should we tell them about, um, you know, uh, you like to open your presence a little bit further away so that you're not feeling like you are the center of attention. It's not getting too overwhelming for you. What should we write? Um, I think that that could be a way to, to kind of get out of it. One and thing I think that, that takes away what, what would feel a little icky to me. Yeah. That, that yeah. definitely takes that away. Something collaborative with the child. Yeah. I, and I know you and I both loved the fact that it mentioned um, it was, it basically said like, talk to your child about how they like to greet people and you know yeah. if, if all they want to do is give someone a high five they can do yeah. that like consent matters yeah yeah and and this is a general point for me and and always kind of a pet peeve um <laughs> i like to to say this to people whenever whenever i'm doing a presentation almost of of any topic um because it's so important children's bodily autonomy is just crucial um and very often we we do have a tendency to teach children to hug people or to give um like cheek kisses to family members and i find that so uncomfortable because if it's something that the child genuinely wants to do that's great let them you know but at the same time being forced to hug and kiss people against your will as a young child teaches the child that their consent doesn't matter and that undermines their identity and their boundaries for the future. Mm-hmm. And so not just with family holidays, but please, please, please generalize this to all the time everywhere. Um, your your child's consent really does matter. And even with things like this, and I, I actually liked this part uh, a lot about this blog, was one point where it, it starts with, if children do agree to see Santa, it's yes. it's the last point under visits with Santa and, and the holiday traditions. But like, if children if. do agree to see Santa, it's create a, a social story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, it's so vital. And I, I love that, that it's phrased like that. I love that it acknowledges that some children do not want to do those things. Some, some children are not comfortable with it. Um, and some people just honestly lose their faith in Santa very early and that's okay too, you know? Um, and I, I think especially like autistic children as, as I have experience with them, they either believe in Santa for very, very long or, or they stop believing in Santa when they are very young yes and then there is as you started in the the episode with like do I pretend that I believe in Santa what am I supposed to do in this situation I pretended for years because I was really little and my parents had put like a like a sparkle boot print by the fireplace and I went and looked under my dad's shoe and saw all the sparkles. And so I knew, and I was probably like five, it was before I moved. So I was probably like five, but I knew it brought my parents so much joy that I played along for several years beyond that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is so funny. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just think it's so important that we find ways for the holidays to be enjoyable for everyone. Uh-huh. And of course, this doesn't mean, and, and I do want to say this, and I hope it's okay. I don't, I, I hope I don't offend anyone. Um, I don't think that someone's autistic support needs means that the holidays should be uncomfortable for anyone else. I don't think our needs supersede anyone else's. I think the point is to find compromises that are good for everyone. And try to plan for all the needs. Yeah. And and use the strategies that work to prepare, to mitigate, to plan around, and to get out of situations before something like a meltdown happens. But also to explain to family members and to do your best to make sure that no one feels like they are being ignored or um, pushed aside, you know, because the holidays for me now as an adult, even though it wasn't the best when I was a kid, for me now, it's about finding the joy for everyone Mm -hmm. and getting as many people as possible to have a good experience and of course that involves everyone's needs being acknowledged and supported i love that i think that's a wonderful place to end and may that become a reality oh we hope we hope so much (laughs) all right well happy holidays Happy holidays, everyone, no matter what you celebrate and no matter why you celebrate, we hope that you have a really good time and we will see you next year. Oh, wait, no, there's one more episode before next year because we have Tony Atwood planned for (gasps) next time. Dr. Tony Atwood talking about the sort of the changing criteria over the years and how you have to adapt as a practitioner and all sorts of other wonderful things yeah so after that we will see you next year Artistic tidbits of tangents.